0: Turn, and it turned out wrong. I took the wrong turn. And it turned out right. It don't matter which way you go. You go quite long as you're going with God. Good day. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening. Good whatever it is where you are. But it is a beautiful day here. And I don't know about where you are, but our ground is getting covered with leaves. And it's kind of like, I call it the leaf dance this time of year, as they fall off the trees and work their way down to the ground. But we have a lot of trees. And you know what trees produce? Leaves. So we have a lot of leaves. And we have so many projects and things
1: going on right now. We don't even have any time to deal with them, so we're (laughs) gonna wait till they're six feet deep, and then uh, you just set the yard on fire. Oh! I don't
0: know. I haven't thought about that. that. Yeah, but. uh, Anyway, we welcome you to I Took a Right Turn. Yeah. I'm Rosalie. I'm Robert, and we're glad you took a right turn to show up here today. That's right. We're gonna have some fun. We're gonna speak about the word, share a song, and who knows where this is gonna go. Are we nobody knows. No. Yeah. We're gonna start though with reading Matthew.
1: Chapter 12, verses 38
0: through 40. I love how he finishes my sentences. Yeah, that's a good
1: thing. <laughs> says, Later, a few religion scholars and Pharisees cornered him. Teacher, we want to see your credentials. Give us some hard evidence that God is in this. How about a miracle? Jesus said, you're looking for proof, but you're looking for the wrong kind. All you want is something to titillate your curiosity, satisfy your lust for miracles. The only proof you're going to get is what looks like the absence of proof. Jonah evidence, like Jonah, three days and nights in the fish's belly, The son of man will be gone three days and nights in a deep grave. You know, think about it. How many people want to see some evidence of God to believe in God? You know, it's like, well, show it to me and I'll believe it. You know, and uh, God is more believe it and I'll show it to you.
0: you Hard evidence, they want it.
1: Yeah, they want hard evidence. They want, how about a miracle? Come on, rear back and throw me a
0: miracle, Jesus. I know this is probably maybe a little off topic, but when you were reading that, it reminded me of us reaching out to other churches and ministries, offering up ourselves to minister Mm -hmm. for them. Right. And what proof do you have? Who's your covering? Yes. You know, who's your covering? Well, and I understand that, you know, they're responsible for their congregation and all that, but uh, sometimes it just got to be a bit much.
1: Well, I've got to tell you, when I first became a Christian... Those sort of things went in my mind because as soon as I became a Christian, I really it, God, I felt God call me in ministry. I just felt him just call me to, to devote my life to him and to ministry. And my immediate thought was, you know, I, would, I was a high school dropout basically, you know. I had gotten a high school diploma, but after I dropped out and I got in a non-traditional way and, you know, I, that's all I had. And when I felt this call to ministry, I thought, well, I got to get prepared. I got to have some kind of credentials. Exactly. You know, and I started working with uh, the pastor of the church where I got saved and got involved in a Bible college, and then after that into a seminary and, you know, working to get ordained and all this kind of stuff. And just to have credentials so that when I would was gonna minister. They said, "Well, who are you?" You know, I said, "Well, I'm a graduate. I got about, you know, I'm ordained by who, whatever." And, and we
0: did the same thing. We People did. approach who approached our church. Yes, we who did. wanted to minister there?
1: Yes, we did.
0: Well, you'll need to wait a little longer. You need to be uh, uh, doing what you're doing longer before we can even think about <sighs> and letting you come in here. I there. know. And again, it's about protecting because as a pastor, that's part of the calling to protect the flock. But sometimes it goes just a little too much.
1: And shouldn't we be led by the spirit?
0: Absolutely. You
1: know, instead of like, well, I want to see your piece of paper that says you can
0: do this. Well, what's the spirit telling us they can do? Well, unfortunately for us, I'll just share this quickly. When we start, when we approached uh, Hope Ministries to be to volunteer our services there for whatever they needed. Um, that's what happened to us. We were extremely blessed by the gal who was doing the intake. Amen. Because she wanted to know who our pastor was and the letter from him and all of that. We didn't have one. And that was right on their forms. That's what they required. Right. But she prayed. She, yeah. And she just said, well, can you get a couple of your con- people that were in your congregation to send letters? And she opened the door, man. We have been ministering there now for almost six years.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it's
0: such a blessing.
1: Yeah, because she she listened to God and yes. followed God. And,
0: yes.
1: Uh, and and I'm I I repent that as pastors we didn't do that enough. You know, there were people who wanted to minister at our churches, and you know, uh, people who were members of the church and wanted to minister, and maybe we didn't uh, follow no. God. I remember. I know people wanting to minister in the church and me shunting them off to our conference at the time where they would get training, you know, and uh, I repent of that, you know, and I, I feel bad that, that we, we maybe didn't follow the Lord enough, you know. And, uh, but we tried. Yeah, but not, and I also want that can be a lesson to people too is that, well, okay, you missed it. You know, you look back, you say, oh, I missed God. I should have done this or I should have should not have done that or something. Well, okay, what about the next time? Can you follow God the next time? Yes. I mean, just because we stumble one time, just because we miss it one time, doesn't mean we can't say, okay, God, I'm sorry, help me follow you closer. Amen. You know, and realize that what Jesus is saying here is that, for one thing, remember back at that time, he was doing miracles all over the place. These guys were following him around. Because he was doing miracles everywhere. I mean, these same religious scholars and Pharisees, maybe he had seen him, you know, heal people, raise the dead, do whatever he did, all these miracles. Yes. Feed them. They might have been there. Yes. But then they said, wait a minute, we need we need a one more. We gotta have one more. We need a special one right here when we ask for it. You know, and think of our own walk with God how many miracles we have seen, and I know many people listening to us. You have seen miracles in your own life. You knew they were miracles at the time. You know they were miracles right now. What do you need another miracle for? Right. We don't need another miracle. Amen. You know the, And if we have the assurance of our salvation, which God says in his word, if we're saved, we should have the assurance of our salvation. And if we have that in our heart and our spirit and our soul, what greater miracle is there than that? I know.
0: I don't know that there is.
1: Yeah. You know, and so when we look and and see that Jesus is, is calling us and saying, he's going to give us this Jonah evidence that he will be in the grave three nights and three days. And that is the evidence that we have that he was he was crucified dead and buried you know it says that in, in the apostles creed in nicene creed jesus was crucified dead and buried and if that isn't enough evidence for us right there that this was foretold beforehand in the psalms and in other places in the old testament and if this fulfillment of what god said would happen isn't enough evidence for us, we're looking for the wrong kind of evidence. You know, we're looking for for physical evidence like that. We're looking for, you know, is, is Jesus supposed to appear in the room and show us a diploma? You know, um, no, we need to just trust God, trust His Word, trust His Spirit within us. Now, a good thing to do is seek for His Spirit to testify to his spirit in the word let these two agree and then when we come together you know as as one in ourselves i mean you don't need other people you come together as one in yourself you and the spirit god has given you if you're enlivened spirit can testify that jesus is the christ he is the messiah that he died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. And he is living in us today, those of us who have accepted him as our personal Savior. And we just praise God that he gives us this word, he gives us this evidence, and he shows us this truth. And we just hope, you know, that you can come to a place where, you know, it's like in another place, somebody comes up to Jesus and says, What do I have to do to be saved? He says, Mm -hmm. well, follow the commandments. The guy says, well, you know, I did all that. And he says, well, okay, sell everything you own and give it to the poor, and the guy walks away. Whatever it is, it isn't about sell everything and you give it to the poor. unless God tells you to do that. What it comes down to is do what he says. Read his Bible. Let his spirit speak to you. He'll speak to each of us. Let him tell us what we should do. He will show us the ministries for us to do. He will show us the works. And he will show us day by day, guide us what we should do. And then, do what he said. He's a great guy. do what he said. And then you will have the Jonah evidence right inside your own heart. Amen. And you will know that Jesus is God.
0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. And now we're going to sing a song with you.
0: Guess what the name of the song is? What is it?
1: <laughs> Do what he says. Well, hey, what a winky dink! Okay, here's his song. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs>
0: lead in my heart, God is breaking from the dead. If you're looking for the living, why you messing? you like that song and we pray that you learn to live it. We we try to every day ourselves and we pray that it will bless you and you'll think about that when you're maybe not doing what he said to do.
1: You know, and if we think about it, if we do what he said to do, we'll get done what he wants us to get done. That's correct. You know, I mean that's like an almost an oxymoron. But think about it, how many times we go through our Christian walk asking, well, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? He's going to show us. We just have to learn how to listen. Correct. And, and, you know, see those opportunities when they come up and then accept them and step into them. You know, it's mainly, it's just, he's not. it's not that he's not speaking, it's that we're not listening.
0: Amen. Yeah, it's the listening tool. It's not hearing. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. We need to learn how to listen. And then act upon what
1: he says. Amen. Now we're going to read a chapter from America's Trojan War. Yes. And uh, it's getting so good, uh, isn't yeah. it? It's getting exciting. <laughs> I mean, some people are really enjoying it. It's a, you know, an action-packed thing. It's it's the first book in a five-book series, and you can get it at Amazon.com. Just in the search engine, put in America's Trojan War, Dr. Robert Owens, and it'll pull it up. And if you click on my name. It'll take you to my books page and all the other books are there one click. You can get them all. Hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Chapter 22, The Charge of the Fire Brigade. They worked their way around from Dogwood Street through the Hebrew Cemetery, which was pocked with craters from the many shells the terrorists could not resist wasting and desecration. Once again, using backyards and all the cover they could find, they moved up Congress Place southeast to 15th. They followed Shippen Lane southeast to Bruce Bruce Place Southeast, till they made their way into the grounds of the Hayden Johnson Recreation Center. There, under the cover of the canopy of the old growth trees, they formed up their commandeered vehicles. Along the way, they surprised and eliminated two patrols. They came upon some abandoned police cars and several dead terrorists, adding several more AR-15s, M-16s, shotguns, pistols, some ammo, and dozens of hand grenades to their arsenal. They also picked up almost a hundred more volunteers, whether came out of their homes or out of hiding and wanted to join in this valiant attempt to strike back at those who were profaning their sacred homeland with their polluted mission of hate. Knowing they had been lucky to have avoided drawing down any fire from the enemy's big guns, once they were in position, they knew they wouldn't and couldn't wait long lisa billingham and sergeant bushings the three who had stepped up and whose leadership had gotten them this far decided they ought to light up a lot of the vehicles they were going to send in as fiery battering rams and then come right behind them with the other vehicles just as they had planned let the battering rams hit the and explode before moving to full attack. And while the vehicle line is waiting for the explosions, throw the Molotov cocktails, Lisa said, sending her instructions up and down the line. Everyone, light your Molotov cocktails, light the cars, and let's roll, Lisa yelled. Those who couldn't hear her could tell by what those who could were doing, that it was time, it was go time. Moments later, 40 cars took off, careening towards the line of defenders at the edge of the hospital property. Close behind came a line of Humvees, police cars, SUVs pickup trucks and cars with people shooting out of the front windows which had been removed and with others leaning out of side windows firing as well bringing up the rear was the force now numbering close to 400 each with a Molotov cocktail ready to hurl. Since all they had to cross was a single street there wasn't time for the Bradleys to have much effect on the onslaught of metal heading towards them at breakneck speed the battering ram cars smashed into the enemy line with devastating effect. They plowed through the infantry and smashed against the Bradleys with a jarring impact. Then they burst into flames, soon followed by an explosion. While the explosion was not generally enough to split open a Bradley, its impact and the concussion knocked the driver and the gun operators out of business long enough for the rest of the assault plan to unfold. Holding back until the battering rams exploded, the leading vehicles of the attackers took quite a bit of fire from the defenders. Then the attacking patriots got up, close behind their compatriots in the vehicles and they hurled the molotov cocktails into the midst of the mass defending infantry soon the screams of burning men mixed with the smell of burning diesel and flesh created a nightmarish scene fit for the lowest circle of dante's inferno then the patriots drove their vehicles into the burning and confused defenders running them down and quickly jumping out grabbing up fallen rifles and smashed smashing their way into bradley's soon there were numerous bradley's taken over by Americans, swiveling their turrets and firing into the streams of enemy infantry that were already coming up to plug the gap. Lisa stood side by side with Sergeant Bushing, each firing magazine after magazine into the onrushing warriors who kept running into the muzzles of their guns from what seemed a never-ending supply. They didn't know it, but General Malouf had commanded the leader of the strike force three, Abdul Barun, to do anything he could to break the assault. Consequently, since he saw no other assault. He was emptying his perimeter and sending everyone against Lisa and her team. Two things happened simultaneously. Just as Lisa and the team were beginning to break through towards the buildings, one, the 50 caliber machine guns of the Abrams opposite of Lisa's positions opened up, and two, seeing the enemy abandon their positions along the perimeter, other patriots, singly and in small groups, started rushing the hospital. Soon there were pitched battles going on all along the perimeter, with many Americans breaking through. In the confusion of close quarters fighting, the bullets from the Isis Abrams 50s were hitting as many of their own men as they were hitting Americans. Even with the losses being heavy on both sides, the fire from the 50s stopped the forward momentum of the Americans. They sought whatever cover they could find and began trying their best just to hold on. The 25 millimeter rounds from the Bradleys were bouncing off the Abrams. We're going to have to withdraw. There's no other way we can rush into those 50s, said Brian Billingham, lying between Billingham and Lisa while still firing under the Bradley that was giving them protection. Sergeant Bushing's added, the fireman's right, we have to fall back. Looking at the battle scene, she could see that the Americans were now pinned down and that the more reinforcements were arriving constantly as terrorists from all around the perimeter rushed to give their compatriots assistance. We'll get wiped out if we try to run back to the cover said lisa as she looked back and tried to imagine what it would be like running with their backs to the enemy across that open street i know but i don't see any alternative if we stay here all of us are going to die if we withdraw some might make it said Billingham, knowing that most would not all right i guess it's our only choice lisa was just about to start yelling withdraw when huge explosions racked the building in multiple places at once the fifties fell silent smoke was pouring from the building wherever the Abrams had been pulled into them. The noise, the concussion, and the billows of black oily smoke were but a prelude to numerous secondary explosions that were still ringing in the ears of the Patriots when they heard Lisa yell, attack! Or if they couldn't hear, they saw her. Billingham and Bushing's jump up and start running into the faces of their shell-shocked and bewildered terrorists. They had no idea who had silenced the Abrams and their deadly fifties, but they instinctively knew about what to do about it. Attack! All around the building of St. Elizabeth's Hospital. The Abrams were now Burning Hulk. The thin line of self-appointed Minute Men and women were clutching weapons that moments before had been trained at them as they rushed to take back American ground. With the Patriots turning the Bradleys around to fire at the terrorists while shooting and throwing grenades, many of these dedicated suicide warriors got their wish and died a martyr's death. Inside the hospital, teams of warriors were putting the finishing touches on booby traps and bombs. They always knew this was a suicide mission, and in their hatred of all but themselves, they were determined to take as many Americans with them as they could. There were guns to the right of them, guns to the left of them, guns in front of them that volleyed and thundered. They were stormed at with shot and shell. Boldly, they ran into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell. Someone Someone left the gates unguarded and the watch was asleep. Someone allowed these wolves of hate into our once inviolable land. Those who fought had not done it. The reckless and naive leaders had. But in their sturdy and courageous response to this cold-blooded attack, they did not take time to blame those responsible. They did not reason why. They just accepted the burden of the common man and the wars brought upon them, and they realized theirs was but to
0: do or die. Thank you, Robert. Now it's time for us to say, bid you adieu, as they say. I'm not sure what I do really means, but uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. We know we did. And again, always feel free to contact us with any questions or any invites too. Oh, that's kind of funny to say that now after what we just talked about. Yeah, if you'd like to have us come to your church or a, a meeting that you have. Yeah,
1: if you want to see our credentials.
0: We have them now. Yeah, we do have
1: them. You know, we can throw them at your feet. You know, but I know what a do means. It's French for happy trails to you. You know, that's right. That's right. It's like French. You know, I can speak French, you know, like you know what French for uh, uh on is? Mode
0: line. Mo <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we're gonna go mode <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go mode line. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. I took the right turn
1: and it turned out wrong.